Well, today we're going to begin our Christmas series that we've been talking about, and this is a two-part series. And so we started today, and this series is going to end on Christmas Eve next Sunday. And so we want to encourage you to be here next uh, Sunday as well. And this Christmas series asks one simple question, and the question is this, who needs Christmas? I mean, who really needs it? Who really needs Christmas? Because Christmas, at least in our culture, has become a whole lot of work. Amen? <laughs> By the time you do the shopping and get the groceries and get the presents, get everything wrapped and get everything decorated, Christmas in our culture has become a whole lot of work. And for some people, maybe you're one of these people, there are some moments when you'd like to do what this guy just did, just kind of throw everything out on the curb and say, forget it. <laughs> Forget the tree, forget the decorations, even though my neighbor's houses on both sides of me look like Christmas at Disneyland. Maybe you'd like to just say, forget it, it's too much work. Maybe you're one of those people who would just like to say, I don't want to have to deal with the push and the pressure that comes with getting ready for Christmas. And yet as we begin this series this morning, Christmas and the story of Christmas is so remarkable that people around the world keep celebrating Christmas and keep setting aside a few days every year to celebrate this Christmas day and this Christmas story that happened over 2,000 years ago. Our culture around the world keeps celebrating Christmas, something that happened so long ago. But most of us are familiar with the Christmas story. But to be honest... The details surrounding the Christmas story are really pretty unbelievable, right? The details of the story are, are hard to believe because there are things in this Christmas story that just don't really happen today or things that we've never experienced, like a baby in the manger instead of the hospital nursery. That doesn't happen. Like, like angels coming and announcing to the shepherds, that there's going to be a, a baby born, and then the star, follow the star, and then the shepherds do follow the star, and they do find a baby in the manger, just like they were told it would be. I mean, those details are kind of unbelievable, but what makes the events surrounding the birth of Jesus so believable is that the entire story is so unbelievably remarkable. And here this morning is why it's so believable and why it's so remarkable. It's because the Christmas story doesn't begin with a young couple trying to figure out where they're going to have a baby. Doesn't begin there. No, the Christmas story begins with an old couple wondering if they're ever, ever, ever going to have a baby. That's where the Christmas story begins. It doesn't begin with a young couple that's trying to figure out how in the world they got pregnant when they had never been together. But instead, it begins with an old couple that are pretty sure that they're never, ever going to get pregnant. So listen close. The Christmas story begins when God appears to a guy named Abraham 2,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And God makes Abraham a promise. It begins when God says to Abraham, through you, Abraham, 
every nation, every tribe, every person is going to be blessed. Through your line, through your lineage, the entire world is going to be blessed through you. You see, God looked at the world and he saw that the world needed to be blessed. He saw the sin. He saw the rebelliousness. He saw the sinful condition of the people of the world. And he knew they needed something really special to change their condition. He knew they needed something special to change their direction. So as it turns out, not only did the world need Christmas, God needed Christmas. God needed Christmas to do something very, very special. So like a loving parent, God needed a way to help his kids in his world understand just how much he loved them, just how much he cared for them. So how was he going to get that word out? How was he going to convince this rebellious, sinful world of his love for them? The answer, Christmas. Christmas. Write this down. God needed Christmas to demonstrate that he, first of all, was with us. That he was now with us. God designed all that happened on the very first Christmas to demonstrate to the entire world, then and now, just how much he loves us. And in the New Testament book of Galatians, it tells us that God decided to send someone into our world who could demonstrate to the world just how much he loves us. The Bible says this. Look at this, Galatians 4.4. 4. The Bible says, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son. In other words, when God had things exactly the way he wanted them, when enough history had gone by and people were still not turning to him, when God knew he could get the world's undivided attention by sending something really special to a little corner of the world that is now called modern-day Israel, when the time was just right, the Bible says God sent his son. God the Father sent his son to be with us. But the question is, why did God have to send a person? Why did God have to send his son? Why did God, the creator of all that exists, have to cram himself into a human body? Why did God not just send another angelic messenger who said, I love you, world? But once again, the Bible says, when the set time had fully come, in other words, to re release his design and to demonstrate his love to us, when the set time had fully come, God sent his son to be with us. Born of a woman, born under the law. Well, that again brings up some questions. Why did God the son have to come in a baby's body? And why did God the son have to come through a woman's body? I mean, he's God. He could have come any old way he wanted to come. But why through a woman's body? Why did God the son have to show up in the flesh? like the rest of us. It's because our God wanted to do something really special that the laws and the regulations couldn't do, that the judges and the prophets could not do, 
that even the sacred written Old Testament text could not do. So look at this on the screen. God was ready to do something really personal. And so God decided to do something really relational. God wanted to do something special for you and me because he had seen that the written message of the Old Testament or the human messenger like a prophet just couldn't get it done. God wanted to do something personal, so God needed to do something relational. So to get that done, God needed Christmas. So his design and his plan for us could become operational. Why? Look at this. Because his goal, once again, Galatians chapter 4, because his goal was to redeem through the birth of Jesus Christ and then the death of his son on the cross. His goal was to redeem those under the law, that's you and me, that we might receive adoption to sonship, adoption by God into his family so that we become one of his sons and one of his daughters. So God loved us so much that he wanted to do a supernatural thing. He wanted to do a, a super special thing. He wanted to do a personal and relational thing. God wanted to make it possible for every person in the world to have a personal relationship with him, with holy God, with God the Father. And yet there was this sin issue in the way. How could sinful man have a relationship with holy God? So the very first Christmas, God took the first step to remove the obstacles, standing in the way of a personal relationship with him, which was sin. Folks, God's plan was a personal plan. So God had to come in person. So think about this. If God hadn't come to stand with us, we'd never know where we stood with God. We'd never know. Think about that for a minute. How would you know where you stood with God if God had not come to stand with you? Think about that. When God looked at his people on earth, he saw that they needed more than a spoken message. They needed more than the written word. They needed more than a message from another prophet. They needed more than another miracle. So the Bible says at just the right time, God staged a demonstration. A demonstration. Because he knew that a super special action would speak far louder than words. So God staged a supernatural demonstration on earth that would be documented throughout all time so every person ever born would hear about it in their lifetime. So right now, don't let your mind fade. Don't let this skip your mind skip by this. Listen, 4,000 years ago, God promised that he would do something special through the line of Abraham. Then 2,000 years later, Jesus is born in the line of Abraham. Jesus is born. And today, over 2,000 years after his birth, what are we doing? We are still talking about and celebrating the birth of this person that God promised would be born in the line of Abraham. And all of God's people said, amen. Now, just think about that. Most of us, we can't name the names. 
We can't remember even the dates. We can't share any of the intimate details about any other event that happened over 2,000 years ago, right? We just can't. And most of us don't even care about some event that happened over 2,000 years ago, let alone celebrate it every single year of our lives. Especially when that event that we celebrate is the birth of a baby in a little corner of the world in a little manger in Israel. But the Bible says when the set time had come, when God knew that the time was perfect, when God knew it would not slip through the cracks of history, God sent his son into the world, born of a woman, to redeem those under the law that we might be adopted into the family of God. And all of God's people said, amen. And the Bible goes on and tells us in Romans, and God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He who was born for us then said, I will die for them. I will go to the cross for them. Jesus Christ demonstrated that he is for us. He didn't come to just be with us. He came to be for us. He came to demonstrate that he's for us. So God needed Christmas, first of all, to be with us. And then he needed Christmas to demonstrate, write this down, that he is for us. God demonstrated for the entire world through the birth and the death of his son that he is for us. Through the sending and the sacrifice of his son that he is for us. God demonstrated and documented for the entire world that even though we were sinners, that Christ died for us. Amen? In our place for us. So get this, before, before you were ever born, before you ever took your first breath, before you ever even considered to start sinning, God loved you so much that he had already planned to send Jesus to die and pay for your sins. And his plan was to demonstrate to you that he is for you. His plan was to always demonstrate to you that he is not against you, but he is for you. And maybe you're here today and you need to hear that. Maybe you say, I've done so much wrong in my life and I still keep blowing it so much in my life that God can't be for me. But I'm telling you here today, God is for you. Amen? Amen. He is not against you. He loves you. And God is here to be with you and for you. You see, you cannot demonstrate that you love someone without sacrifice. I like to say it this way. Love must be shown to be known. Love must be shown to be known. You see, words are cheap. You can say to somebody, I love you, I love you, I love you, honey. But if you really love someone, you'll find a way to show them how much you love them. You will find a way to make some kind of sacrifice to demonstrate to them that you do love them. Love must be shown to be known. You cannot demonstrate real love without real sacrifice. So God the Father demonstrated his love for us in this, that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I'm getting chills right now, amen? Christ died for us. 
died for us. You see, God needed Christmas, the birth of Jesus Christ, to demonstrate his love for us in the death of Jesus Christ, who came to pay for our sins. So God needed Christmas to demonstrate that he's with us. He needed it to demonstrate that he's for us. And then write this down. He needed Christmas to demonstrate that he loves us. He loves us more than we can ever imagine. How would we ever have known that he loves us without him coming to be with us and demonstrating that he is for us? How would we ever know? And so the angel of the Lord spoke to Joseph, that bewildered young Jewish carpenter who was still trying to figure out how they got pregnant when they'd never been together. And the angel said to him, Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son and you're to give him the name that's above all names, the name of Jesus. And he will save his people from their sins. So in this moment, God's plan to redeem sinful man gets really personal and relational. He's coming to be with us personally to demonstrate that he, God Almighty, loves us and that he has an eternal plan for us. In this moment, God staged this demonstration and documented, documented to the entire world so that they would forever know that he loves us and has an eternal plan for us. In this moment, the angel said to Joseph, and they will call this one Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God is with us. So listen really close now. God needed Christmas to demonstrate and document for all time his great love for all mankind. That includes you. That includes me. So who needed Christmas? God did. God did. He needed Christmas because we needed a demonstration of his great love for us. You know, I, I can't imagine sharing a message like this one without giving somebody here this morning an opportunity to consider responding to the one that was born. Because maybe for one of you listening today, this is the first time that maybe this has clicked for you. Or maybe the birth of Jesus is beginning to make sense to you. Maybe for the first time, you're understanding that God created the whole Christmas event just so he could demonstrate to you that he is with you. He is for you. And oh, that he loves you. Amen. It wasn't about any other present than his son. Amen. That he is with you and for you and that he loves you. The Bible says it this way. And I know you guys have this verse probably memorized, but the Bible says, God so loved the world, that includes you, 
that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life, life in heaven after you die. So when you believe in him and you place your trust in him to forgive your sins, that means you are adopted into God's family and you get to live in God's house, amen? God's house forever in eternity. It's just that simple. So the question is this. Do you believe that the baby born on Christmas is God? Who came in the flesh. Who personally came and gave his life to prove his love for you. To wipe away your sins. If so, have you ever really asked him? You may know all of that. You may believe all of that. But have you ever asked him to come into your life and forgive your sins and wash you clean? Have you ever placed then your trust in him? to give you the eternal life that he promises to you with him forever. If not, you can do that today. And maybe for the first time in your life, you can celebrate Christmas, really, because the real gift of Christmas is now in you. Amen? He's now in you. And you can celebrate with great joy and great celebration because the one who is in you loved you so much that he came to be with you and for you. You know, you can invite Jesus Christ into your life anywhere, anytime. But my question is, if you've not yet done that, why not now? Why not right here? And you can do that by just praying this simple prayer after me. As I pray it, would you just repeat it in your heart? Make sure that Christ is in you. Would you bow your heads with me? And you can just repeat this sincerely and quietly in your heart. It goes like this, Heavenly Father, I do believe that Jesus is your Son. I believe you sent him to earth to pay for my sin. I believe that when he died... He died for the sins of the world, and he paid for my sin. So in this moment, just before Christmas Day, I'm placing my trust in his death as the full and final payment for my sins. So I ask you to receive me now into your family. I ask this in the name of your Son, who is the Savior of the world, Jesus Christ. For the Bible tells me there is no other name by which man can be saved. So it's in Jesus' name I pray these things. And Father, it thrills my heart to know wherever we are, or whenever we pray something like this, you hear, you answer, you forgive, and you send your Son by His Holy Spirit into our lives 
and you wash us clean and you begin to live in us and start a brand new life in us and through us. May you bless every person who decided to pray this prayer here and now. With heads still bowed, if you prayed that prayer, whether it was for the first time or you just wanted to recommit your life, maybe you've been straying or struggling, you wanted to recommit your life to him this morning, would you just say, Pastor, I want to confess I prayed that prayer. Would you just lift your hand wherever you are? I prayed that prayer. Yes. Amen. Awesome. Wonderful. Father, bless these. Bless these who pray this prayer. And I pray, Father, that across this room, you would bless each person and each family as they go into their homes this week to prepare to celebrate your coming, your salvation that you offer as they prepare to lead their family and point their family toward you. I pray in Jesus' name. And all of God's people said, 